Well, welcome everybody. It is so good just to be able to gather around the scriptures and I trust that we will be inspired today, we'll be encouraged, we'll be strengthened. Uh, I think this is one of the purposes of the scriptures for us as we find Jesus amongst the pages and that we can know how to live today in light of our eternal value and destination. And so we're continuing with our series on earth as in heaven. And today I've entitled my message Committed to the Work. And uh, we're going to get into what that means for us uh, just in this day and age as there's so much pressure on us and we're tending to, to pull towards ourselves. Uh, but I just want to start off with this. Uh, I've been watching the Tour de France and there is a South African team that is busy riding. They're not all from South Africa. And it was interesting listening to a European rider speak about Ubuntu being the heart of the team. And Ubuntu at its uh, essence is this, that I am because we are, which is an incredibly biblical concept. Uh, I, I am so grateful for uh, much of African culture. Uh, it's also got some that we're not grateful for, as does every other culture. But in every culture, there is a piece of heaven and there's a piece of evil and a piece of hell, if I can call it that, uh, as we've got to keep reforming and redefining who we are. But Ubuntu, I am because we are. In essence, it means we find ourselves, we can only truly know ourselves in the context of us of who we are as a community. And uh, I'm, I'm a bit of a sports nut, as many of you know. Uh, I love sports, and I really do love team sports. Uh, and the reason being, one of the reasons being, I think, is I can have an off day and still reach our targets of whether it's winning a game or winning a, a match or whatever it may be. Uh, there's, there's much sport on the go right now. Uh, and I'm just so grateful that there are times in team sport where if I have an off day and I don't necessarily perform to the standards that uh, I would expect of myself or that I would love to give to the team, the team can make up the deficit for me. And then there are other days where maybe I get to fill in for them. And this is what community does. Uh, our shortcomings get covered by others' strengths. Our weaknesses get covered by other strengths and, and our, my strength gets to cover some of your weaknesses. And this is why we can come together. This is how we can truly know who we are in our collective. I am because we are. And this is what I want to talk about today. And just reminding us that this series uh, comes from this, that Jesus taught us how to pray in Matthew chapter 6. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And hence the name of our series on earth as it is in heaven. Just as we're reminding each other and strengthening each other again in our eternal, in the kingdom that is still to come. But Jesus taught us to pray. We can get aspects of that kingdom. We can pray, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And this is what we are looking at at the moment. And so as we get into today. Uh, Acts chapter 14 is a story, uh, just as the disciples, it's the formation of the church. Uh, God, the Spirit of God has come upon disciples and apostles and they're going to different regions and people are coming to know Jesus and the church is busy being birthed. And we pick up a story in Acts chapter 14, verses 26. From Italia, they sailed back to Antioch where they had been committed to the grace of God for the work they had now completed. I, uh, I would love this to be the work of my life. I would love the story to be told about my life. That when I get to the end of my days, it can be written of me that uh, I completed my work. I completed the work assigned to me. 
And, and I know that the work assigned to me is the work assigned to us as Anthem Church. It is not me on my own. I am because we are. And uh, I want to encourage us at this time when, uh, again, we are we're under pressure from all sides. And pressure can cause us to make some weird decisions if we're not focusing in the right environments and in the right area. Um, but uh, I want to encourage us to remain committed to the work. Remain committed to the we are at this point in time. To the, to the we, to the communal, to the collective, to the vision that God has called us to as Anthem. And so uh, kind of my leading thought for today is this. Vision will get us inspired, but discipline will get us there. Vision will get us inspired, but discipline will get us there. And so I'm going to start off uh, today just by reading our vision statement, the picture that has captured us as a community. The, the vision, the, the, the picture of a community that we long to be. It's a preferred future. It's the thing that we're moving towards and then we're going to look at uh, just three practical ways uh, of that we can be disciplined. We can be disciples of Jesus. We can be disciplined in getting there. And so the church we see, maybe you want to close your eyes at this point and just allow me to read this and paint this picture for us. Or you can follow along as it comes up on the screen here to my right. The church we see. One church made up of one people. A people undivided by race culture, age, class, or gender, united by one vision, that is the establishment of the rule of Christ where they live and carry influence. A people who invent ways to build bridges over dividing waters, who walk into undiscovered territory through their personal adventures of faith, who discover the gold in society no matter how deeply it may be embedded under the mire. A people of wide open spaces, not of saturation, who don't bottleneck growth, but open up opportunities for it. A people who collaborate creatively for the benefit of those around them, whose impact on their region is locked up in their collaborative relationships. A people who live in authentic community, investing their resources into a common goal, who unlock one another's full potential and release the treasure inside of one another. A people whose treasure is not for the sake of personal wealth, but rather for the inheritance of others. A people not seeking fame, but influence. Not driven by ambition, but rather significance. Not motivated by a thirst for success, but wholly satisfied in the love they have received and are compelled to give it. A people inspired, equipped, and released to pursue their dreams. A community that doesn't undermine the dreamed of reality, destiny of the individual, but rather propels them toward it. Sorry, that came up a bit late there. A people not building an empire, but serving their king under the authority and provision of his rule. Individual destinies which add weight and value to the common vision, the establishment of God's kingdom. A people whose expression of God's character and glory is not imprisoned within the realm of an institution or man's expectations, but rather magnified and enhanced by the glorious kaleidoscope of God's true community, the church. The people who know and love God, who live in response to Him, hearing, believing and obeying His every word. A people 
who will never give up because not even death itself can keep them from the vision that captivates them. That is Jesus Christ. Friends, this is the vision that captivates us. It's the vision that we live for. And we need to remember that our future is determined by the decisions that we make each day. Vision inspires us, but it is discipline that will get us there. And so at this time, I want to keep calling us to the discipline. Keep calling us to find strength in God. Keep calling us to walk the road. Keep calling us to make decisions that will help us move towards this dreamed of, this preferred future that we long for and love and see and want to be a part of. And so uh, this is what we are looking at today. If we go on to discipline, will get us there. Uh, the process that's going to help us. I want to read from Nehemiah 4 verses 14. It says this, After I looked things over, I stood up and said to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people, Don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord, who is great and awesome. And fight for your families, your sons, and your daughters, your wives, and your homes. And so, here's the story of Nehemiah. Jerusalem had been captured. The walls had been uh, burned down and, and kind of taken down. And so, Israel didn't have their capital city. Uh, and, and Nehemiah comes and he looks and he calls the people. And he says, this is the work that we are committed to at this time. Let's gird up our strength. Let's encourage one another. And let's complete the task. Acts chapter 14, it was going into an area. Paul was going into an area with Barnabas and preaching the gospel. And then he was able to return and say, I've completed the work that you committed us to. And so we look today at the work that we are committed to. So that one day we can say we have completed the work that by the grace of God we were committed to. That's our story. And so Nehemiah 4 verses 14, this is his rallying cry to the people. And, uh, and so we want to have a look at this. After I looked over these things, I stood up and said to the nobles and the officials and the rest of the people, do not be afraid of them. That's going to be our first point. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome. And then fight for your families, your sons, your daughters, your wives and your homes. And so uh, this is what we're going to be looking at. And so the first thing is this. Nehemiah calls us, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. And so when we committed to the work, and we start to see pressure from all sides and we, we start to see uh, marriages popping and we start to see finances and we start to pull into our world and fear and we're not quite sure. Is the vaccine going to work? Isn't it going to work? Should I have it? Shouldn't I have it? What's going to happen if I get the virus? What's going to happen? Are schools going to open this coming uh, in a week's time or aren't they going to open? What's the story? There's so many, uh, uh, there's so many uncertainties and yet we can be clear that we've been called to the work that God has for us. And so what fear does is it makes us do illogical things. Fear makes us behave illogically. I just want to uh, recount a story of what the, uh, the early uh, settlers would do as, as they came. They would come in their wagons and they had something called circling the wagons. Uh, you may remember this from a message a little while ago. But uh, if you're kind of newer into the community, what they would do is if they felt under risk, if they felt under threat, uh, what the settlers would do is they would put their wagons into a circle. They, it called circling the wagons. And all the women and children would be on the inside and all the men would stand on the outside with their weapons to fight off uh, whatever was coming, whatever they feared. Here's the problem with circling the wagons or living there for too long 
is uh, when, there is, when you are in a circle, there is no forward movement. When you're in a circle, there is no forward movement. And so the settlers, when they responded to fear, were unable to move toward their dreamed of destiny. They were unable to move towards their dreamed of destiny. The only way they could keep moving forward was to expose themselves, to be in a vulnerable position. And so this is the point of don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Exposure and vulnerability are necessary for forward movement. Exposure and vulnerability are necessary for forward movement. And that applies to both your individual life and us collectively. And so if I just take a minute individually, uh, you, you may be trapped in fear at this point in time. You may have fears and they would be a vast range of uh, possibilities depending on life stage, situation, employment, etc., etc. But I want to encourage you that actually we can only find, we can only move forward when we bring those things to the light, when there's vulnerability and exposure, when we bring it into the community. I am because we are. You can find forward movement. You can, you can act contrary to your fears. You can act contrary to that which is binding you when you, are ex when you bring exposure and vulnerability to that situation because the we are are able to cover over the weaknesses, cover over the fears. Together with the Lord, we can help each other move forward. And so point number one, even as Nehemiah called the people to build the wall, even as I sit here today to remind us of this beautiful vision that lies before us that we desire, it's going to be discipline that gets us there. I want to call us out. Don't make decisions based on fear. By exposure and vulnerability, we're able to go forward. We're able to have forward movement. That's the first point for today. The second point we see is remember the Lord. Remember the Lord. We read in Psalm 103 verses 1 to 6. Praise the Lord, O my soul, all my inmost being. Praise His holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all His benefits. Forget not. That is, remember, forget not all His benefits. Who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. Who satisfies your desires with good things so that your path is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. Forget not the Lord's benefits. I, uh, I have kind of like three things just that remembering does for us. So firstly, remembering helps us not to forget. I know that that can sound very, very simple, uh, even strange. Like, yeah, of course, Rich, remembering is the opposite of forgetting. But here's the deal. So I, I have just done some, I, I, I'm kind of looking at psychological journals and medical journals and just at this time, just how we can help one another go forward. And uh, one of, I, I came across this, that one of the most common explanations for forgetting is a simple failure to retrieve the information from memory. This often occurs when memories are rarely accessed, causing them to decay over time. Let me read that again. One of the most common explanations for forgetting is a simple failure to retrieve information from memory. This often occurs when memories are rarely accessed, causing them to decay over time. And so even as Nehemiah would remind these men and women that have come to work to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem, as I stand here today, as I sit here today and re remind us, I, I'm saying, remember the Lord. 
We've got to consciously choose to do that because what remembering does is it pulls a trajectory, it pulls a line. As we look back, we're able to see a line that projects forward. And so as we can remember the stories of what God has done in my life, this happened. Then I prayed and I saw God and this happened. Uh, in my life, this happened and then this happened. In my life, this happened and then this happened. And it draws a line. That's why psychologists will often say, well, let's look at your path. And often what they're trying to do is get us out of bad behavior traits. Well, you, you did that and you responded in this way and this happened. You did this and you responded in this way and this happened. And it, and it kind of pulls a trajectory as to why we're in a certain position. So remembering the Lord does the same thing as we retrieve the memory. And we've got to keep doing that. We've got to keep accessing it so the memory doesn't grow old. It doesn't decay. It doesn't grow faint. God, this is what you did. God, this is what you did. God, this is what you did. This is what you did. And it encourages us and it realigns us to the purposes of God. And so this is what remembering the Lord does. Remembering helps us not to forget. It realigns us and encourages us. And encourages us. I get great courage from recounting the stories of what God's done, not only in my own personal life, but what He's done for Anthem over the years, what He's done for His people over the years, other churches, what He's done for Israel. As I look back, I see the trajectory. I see the hand of God in every, in every step. I see the hand of God. When people were in pain, He brought rescue. When people were oppressed, He brought rescue. When my daughter needed help, He brought rescue. When I needed help, He brought rescue. When some of you needed help, He brought rescue. I've seen the hand of God. And therefore, as I bring that to memory, it helps me not to forget. It helps me to move away from my fears, to realign myself to the purposes of heaven, on earth as it is in heaven, I know what God's purpose and His plan is. I know that it is for us to flourish. I know that He's working towards that point and we can have confidence. It encourages us. And so we remember, which helps us not to forget. It realigns us to our trajectory and it encourages us that we can keep making the disciplined decisions each day that will get us towards our dream and our vision. This is so exciting, friends, that we are not left to our own devices and to our own fears. That there is a great Lord, a mighty God, who is our Father and through His Son and His Spirit, we are able to access the heavenlies, the kingdom of God here on earth as it is in heaven. And then uh, it moves on to fighting for our families. Nehemiah calls, fight for your families. Fight for your sons and your daughters. Fight for your homes. And, and I think the essence of this is, can we fight for others? Sons and daughters who are going to grow up. Let's fight the fight that they, so that they don't have to do the fight. They will have plenty of fights on their own, of their own, to battle in their days to come. But let us fight for the sake of others. Nehemiah 4 verses 23, it goes on and it says this, Neither I, nor my brothers, nor my men, nor the guards with me took off our clothes. Each had his weapon, even when he went for water. I think in today's day and age, what we do too often is we, uh, we, we, we take off our clothes uh, and we, we are found to be without weapon. We're found to be naked. I want to tell us, friends, I want to encourage us. I, I, want, to, I want to hopefully inspire us through the word of God today that we're in a fight. We're in a battle. There is a mission that Jesus has sent us on, which is to reach the lost, to seek and save the lost. That's what Jesus came for. And so for those of us that have found our salvation in Jesus, we become part of that assignment. We become part of that mission. And the, the fight is not just against flesh and blood. It's not just against um, 
uh, the virus, it's not just against economies, it's against principalities and powers, it's against that which would break us uh, by racial divide, by gender divide, by age divide, by culture divide, by socio-economic divide, it's, it's principalities and powers, and so we ought to find, we ought to remain clothed, even when we go for water, even when, we, we, we are, when we're building, we, we don't take off our clothes, we don't let go of our weapons, so we build with one hand and we fight with the other hand. I want to call us today to remain committed to the work, committed to the work. This concept of Ubuntu, I am because we are, it is an incredibly biblical concept. It's one of the themes that runs throughout the scriptures and runs throughout the gospel that actually we are, we are part of humanity. We, we, we identify with humanity and then we identify within smaller circles and smaller circles. We're, we're at the, in our individual capacity, we're at the end of the chain, not the beginning of the chain. I am because we are. Who are we as anthem? See, if I'm satisfied with my own life but my brother is battling, I am not expressing Ubuntu. I am not living in the fullness of what the gospel has for us. You see, Jesus came. He was fine in heaven. He was fine and righteous before his father. And yet he saw lack in us. He, he acted as a brother. He came to fill up our lack. He covered over our weakness in order for us to be whole. And therefore, as we take hold of the gospel, so we do that for one another. We fight for each other's futures. We fight for the future of our sons and our daughters. We fight for the futures of those that presently have no future because of certain conditions. We fight for those things. Timothy Keller, who leads a church redeemer, Presbyterian church in New York, says this, how do we know that we have been justified? And justified is, is that act that God graciously gives to us, that we justified before him in the court of law, our sins, which we are guilty of. The price has been paid in Jesus Christ. That's what justification means. We, we stand justified before God because of Jesus, not because of anything that we do. And so Tim Keller answers this question, how do we know that we've been justified? We act out in justice. When we have understood that God made up our deficit, He justifies us, then we cannot help but make up the lack in other people as far as we are able. This is the mark of maturity, he says, which we are all to aspire to. And so the mark of the mature Christian is when we are prepared to fight for the sake of others, when we are prepared to build for the sake of others, not preferring our own uh, attributes, our own circumstances, ourselves, and what we see as right, but rather what God sees. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is the call of Nehemiah. This is the call for us today to remain committed to the work so that like Paul and Barnabas, we may return one day and it may be said of us, the work that they were committed to, they have completed. Can you imagine the day when you can say to your children and to their children and to this city who enjoy the benefit of the community that has been established around us, that we were a part of building this. We were a part of sowing the seed. We were a part of establishing this. This is our legacy, this vision that we see, the church that we see of reconciliation, this church that we see of a dream of a better future where others are preferred, where destinies are unlocked, the golden people, no matter how far it is buried under the mire where we wrote, is able to be unearthed and unlocked and brought to the surface. This is the dream that we go, imagine we get to say, I was a part of that. I did not back out when we needed to. When we came under pressure, I was able, I was able to remember the Lord. I did not act out of fear. 
I remembered his gracious hand to his people in the Old Testament, to Anthem for the last 120 years, to me over the last however long you've known him. I remember, I remember, and therefore I can fight for one another. Here's the statement for fighting for others' futures. It doesn't matter how much you do, but rather how much what you do matters. Friends, there are many of us that are busy and we've, we've got full hands and we've got loaded plates and we've got full diaries. I want to remind us today that our greatest mission, our greatest call is to respond to that call from heaven. Let it be on earth as it is in heaven and Jesus' mission to seek and save the lost in order that reconciliation can take place. Ephesians chapter 2 talks about that, that those that did not have access, that were separated, now the dividing wall of hostility has been broken down and we're able to be joined together, built together as one body. This is the dream. This is what we're committed to. This is the work that we are committed to. This is the on earth as it is in heaven for us. And so friends, I just want to call us to this and just remind us, and so as I close out today, I know there's been quite a lot that's come at us, and vision will get us inspired. I'm inspired by people's visions, but so many people, so many communities, so many churches never are, are not able to fulfill the vision that they see, the vision that the Lord has given them, because they don't remain committed to the discipline of the decisions today that will work out even beyond our lifetime, friends even beyond our lifetime. And so as we, not, as we have a vision which inspires us, so we want to be disciplined, that, uh, disciplined and make decisions today that will help get us there. And so one, we're not going to act out of fear. Don't be afraid. Exposure and vulnerability is necessary for forward movement. It's necessary for forward movement. Will you bring yourself into the community? I am because we are. We can cover one another, but we want to keep moving forward. We don't want to circle the wagons where we remain stuck, just acting out of fear and not willing to take a risk to move forward in God. Secondly, we are to remember the Lord. Remembering helps us not forget. It doesn't allow the memory to decay. It realigns us into the trajectory of God for us. And it encourages us. And lastly, we are to fight for others' futures. It doesn't matter how much we do, but rather how much what we do matters. Friends, can I call us to remain committed to the work at this time, to keep sowing in, to keep building, to keep partnering, and keep remembering that you are because we are. I am because we are. We find ourselves fully alive based on the community that we're a part of. A great vision. Discipline's going to get us there. This is our story and our legacy. Let's complete the work that God has called us to. If you have never met this Jesus Christ, may I encourage you to make a decision for him, to put your trust in his hands. We would love for you to do that now. And uh, you can get hold of us. And uh, just let us know that you've made that decision at info at anthem.org.za and we can help you take your next step. But to the rest of us as Anthem, uh, I want to thank you for continuing to be who you are. I'm so grateful that my life is tied up in yours and your life is tied up in mine. This is a beautiful community with a great call. And we are going to be faithful to complete the work that God has begun in us. Bless you.